0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. These are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Look at me. as always, is Danny Gutierrez. What's going on, guys? How are you, Sean? I'm not bad. You know, just dressing up in a shirt and tie, looking like a buffoon. <laughs> going to my... <laughs> like I said, the manager of Circuit City right here. Going to my classes because I had an important interview earlier, but now I had to go to my class. Couldn't go home and change, so... Now I look like the manager of Circus City, apparently. You look good, man. Yeah. You look good. Well, whatever. Well, the, people at home can't see us as a podcast. It's an audio <laughs> podcast only, thankfully. Take my word for it, folks. Uh, uh, he looks good. But what... We will be talking about uh, is news around uh, MMA, and first off, I want to jump into three stories real quick. Uh, we're not going to go too in-depth in them, because we got two fight cards, all right? So yes, we do. First thing I want to mention just briefly, we don't really have to talk about it, because it's not going to make too much of a, of a difference, but v- Valerie Letourneau, former strawweight fighter yes. in the UFC, has said that she's not fighting for the UFC anymore. She can't make 115. She's too small for 135. There's no 125 division, No, so. there's not.
1: And her last fight was at
0: 125, and she, no,
1: she unfortunately, she lost that fight. No.
0: Her her second to last fight was at 125 against JoJo Calderwood. Yes, and then she fought at 206 and couldn't make 115. She was it was a catchweight fight, okay. and she lost a yeah, she... split decision, kind of controversial.
1: Okay, did she give up 20 percent of
0: her purse? I believe. Uh, probably. Okay, I mean that's it's usually the rule. I I don't know if because she, she was like 117 and a half. I don't know if she was over because I know there's some limit. Like if you're like 116, you don't have to. If give you're a
1: half a pound uh, over, so you could you have a one pound weight allowance. Yeah. So let's say.
0: Uh, uh, Demetrius
1: Mighty Mouse Johnson weighed in at 126. But it wasn't a title fine. fight.
0: Right. So but so I think non-title fight is a 1.5. Okay. So I think she could have weighed in at 116. She was 117.5. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, All we know is that she's not fighting uh, for the two UFC. pounds over then. Yeah, okay. and, and she posted that on her Instagram um, saying pretty much she's not fighting for the UFC anymore. So it sucks to see her go. Hopefully she'll be back if you, the UFC does do a bantamweight division. I would love to see her should. back. Because she's, yeah. she's
1: an awesome fighter. She's a great fighter. It's sad to see her go and, and her, leave the UFC, but...
0: In our last three fights, you know, losing controversially in our last fight at two oh six, losing to Jojo Calderwood, a great fighter, and losing to uh uh Ioana Janjacek. And, and I mean that's not a, a bad loss at all. Losing to Joanna. Right. So it's three in a row though. Yeah, it's true. And another person that's lost three in a row, uh Holly Holmes, she's actually appealing her last loss uh to Germ- Jermaine May saying the the what punches did you think after about the that bell. fight. Did you watch that fight? I did, what did you think about I, the fight? I did watch that fight and it was a it was poor reffing, uh poor judging. I just I, I don't really I'm not upset that uh, Jermaine Durandime won, I just feel like it was just it was just poor in general. I just feel like e- even the oh. full the whole, the full card, everything was just bad. It was a it was Except a bad second card in New York.
1: Poirier, I think Poirier and uh, that Jim was great Miller fight. did a really that good was, job.
0: But I mean you were expecting a great fight from those two. Right. I mean Jim Miller always puts on a great fight. And and so, so does, Poirier. does. Yeah, so he's does always, Poirier he's always bringing it. But
1: yeah, I mean I guess that that card did lack luster, so to speak, but that's nobody's fault. I mean, that's the fighter's fault. Not, it's not necessarily a fault when you have guys when you have two individuals in that cage at such a high level. That's usually what happens when they both want to win so bad. That's usually kind of what happens. I kind of figured that Holly Hol- Holm would utilize the clinch in mm-hmm. the cage to kind of slow down Jermaine, but I suspected that Jermaine would utilize that 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 Dutch style of kickboxing and utilize that clinch as well as she does. But I, I mean, I, I think she just wanted to create space and mm-hmm. really knock out Holly Holm. Yeah. I mean, they both had their moments in the fight. It was a good fight, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a great, you know, was, blockbuster. Yeah,
0: I mean, it seemed both of them were like kind of tentative, and it was right. just really at the end of the rounds that's when Jermaine Durandum kind of put it on a little more.
1: Each each fighter got a knockdown, I believe. I believe uh, Holly Holm like was leading in the knockdowns because each fighter got a knockdown, mm-hmm. but I believe Holly Holm had one more knockdown than Jermaine did. But um, Jermaine landed three punches after the bell.
0: Yeah, it there was no point. Yeah, it was at the, big the end. Thing. Yeah,
1: so I mean, what do you think about that? I well, the thing do you think is there should have been a point taken away? Do you I, think there should have been something done? I do you think, think she should have been disqualified.
0: I think there should have been a point taken away for for the second time she did it. But I mean, that ref was just brutal. I mean, he could he couldn't jump in, even when he knew Duran Mary did that in the second round. I mean, in the third round he wasn't quick to stopping. The, the action right away. I it mean, would have it was, been
1: way too late. Yeah, too he little, sh- too late to have taken the point away. He,
0: he should have taken a point away, but he never did. I, I don't think she's going to win this appeal. I think it's smart to appeal it just to at least say, you know, I tried. See what happens. But mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to win that appeal. And I think that second time in, in in New York was just brutal. And I don't really know what's next for Holly Holm. I don't even know what's next for Jermaine De Miranda if they're going to do the rematch or not. But that's 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 right now. it's They want to do
1: a rematch. I, I would like well, to see a rematch they on don't, Fox or Fox Sports One. It's because they don't want
0: to. It's because they don't want to fight <laughs> or cyborg or on. A, or on a Coleman event. Well that's the and argument. There's, well there's they don't want to fight Cyborg Cyborg and there's no one else in the division. I mean it's, it's a it's a bad mistake by Victor. And the UFC. Victor FC
1: actually just crowned well, Megan Anderson. Well she has Anderson, Megan Anderson but Megan Anderson And Anderson's she's not... called out all three fighters.
0: She's called out Chris no, she Cyborg, said... she's called out Jermaine
1: me, and she called
0: out Holly Holm. She what said, she originally she said called was she out, called no, up she, the winner. She called of out, that fight. she called out Holly Holm. Chris Cyborg called her out and she said she's not ready for Cyborg and I don't think JDR called her out or GDR didn't call her out. I, I, she called out Holly Holm. Uh, I think right after that fight, okay, uh, on Twitter, uh, Cyborg sent one out to Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson said, "No, I'm not ready for you." And then uh, Durandame, I don't. That's think, smart. I don't think those two actually did anything on Twitter. I think
1: that's smart on her part. You, you it's very. You often see fighters jump the gun, mm-hmm. and then it, when they get into a fight with somebody at that high of a level, someone who's that good, someone who's great like Cyborg, it could kind of damper your career. Could kind of send you on a mental mm-hmm. on a mental setback. To where you'll you may never be the same again. So yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I honestly do believe Megan Anderson, I believe, is going to be one of the greatest featherweights that we're ever going to see in mixed martial and women's mixed martial
0: arts history. You think Meg, Megan Anderson is? Yeah, Already? Absolutely. You haven't seen her no, fight no, no, in the no, UFC.
1: No, I'm saying soon to be. Well, she I bet needs some seasoning. I'm just, that's I'm what I'm saying, saying. That's a bold prediction. I'm saying, well, she needs some seasoning. I'm just saying, you know what I bo- mean. Yeah, she I'm, needs some seasoning. But I'm
0: saying, not never stepping into the UFC. That's a bold prediction, right? I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's a bold prediction. We'll see. We'll see if it plays we'll out. We'll See what the future uh, but holds. The other thing I do want to talk about before we get into uh, Bellator 172 and UFC Fight Night Lewis versus Brown was the GSP talks because yes. GSP is k- apparently close to a contract with the UFC. I haven't yes, heard anything is. recently, but. Uh, Ariel Hawani coming out and saying that GSP is close to coming terms, two terms with the UFC. Do you think it's actually going to happen?
1: I hope so. I hope they follow through it's with not this. not what I asked.
0: Do you think it will
1: happen? Do I think it will happen? We all want GSP We all want GSP to come back, of course. Ever since uh, GSP was the reigning champion seven, eight years ago, everybody's been talking about him doing super fights with Mm -hmm. Anderson Silva, and vice versa, Anderson Silva doing super fights with him. Then UFC uh, 112 happened in Abu Dhabi, and the performance of Anderson was the reason why uh, the GSP fight and the Anderson fight never happened, Mm -hmm. and then people talked about Anderson Silva versus John Jones, and then the thing with Anderson Silva and Chris Weidman happened, and then all of a sudden, none of the fights could happen so with with Michael Bisbing being the middleweight champion calling out GSP the former longtime UFC welterweight so, well, he champion he doesn't want to fight
0: anyone he wants to fight old guys right guys that have been off for eight years right. Michael Bisbing doesn't want to fight like you know, contenders like Jacare and uh, uh not Hector Lombard uh uh what's his name uh Cuban Yoel Romero. <laughs> Yoel Romero. I couldn't think of his name. I just wanted to watch you struggle for a little bit. <laughs> Get,
1: help me out, With Danny. With the arm gestures just uh <laughs> but no one can see my arm gestures only you can. At least help me out when you know.
0: That I can't think of Yoel Romero's name. I promise you guys it, it was hilarious. I just I don't I don't think it's going to happen. We, a we, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure finger. I don't going think... out. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. We've heard so many times <laughs> with this, with, with GSP possibly becoming uh, signing with the UFC and things falling apart. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be enough money. I don't think the sponsorship uh, whole deal is going to work out. And I just I think GSP isn't going to be sold if everything that he wants is there. And rightfully so, I don't think I don't there, think it's going to happen. There is a uh, a conference
1: or a, not a, a retreat there. That there it is. There's a retreat that the the new owners of the UFC are going to help hold in the summer. So I'm wondering if what, they're like going to... summer camp. Well, I'm wondering if what they're going to do is kind of talk about their new deals and what their, what their, what the future holds for the fighters of the UFC who are a part of the UFC. Because I would argue that
0: they want to get rid of the Reebok deal. Camp counselor uh, Dana White. So be teaching the kids how to row a boat. <laughs> Uh anyways, uh let's get into it cuz I don't think it's going to happen. We both want it to happen obviously. I think it'll happen. You're 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 the uh you're the optimist in, on, on, in this uh, on this podcast Always. I'm definitely the uh, the uh, pessimist. Things thing. you
1: looking up. <laughs> but
0: let's get into uh UFC 208 and just recapping our picks because I picked Dustin Poirier. You picked Dustin Poirier. Yes. Uh I picked Glover Teixeira. You picked Glover, Tashara. Yes. Uh, I picked Jack.
1: I, w- I actually want to comment on that fight because yeah. it looked like Tashara actually did get rocked.
0: Well, he was hurt, too. Yeah. And, and Cannoneer, I mean, he's a guy that can throw bombs. He's got heavy hands. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Glover just had the—Glover's just, just a superior fighter. It was just yeah. a two-no fight. Uh, same with Jacare versus Tim Bosch. We both picked Jacare. Uh And then Anderson Silva versus Derek Bronson. Did you pick Bronson? No, I picked Silva. I I, I picked Silva, too, right? Okay. Right? I hope so. I think I picked Silva, <laughs> even though that one was controversial as well. That was controversial. Uh, was, I don't
1: think I don't think Anishon won that. Yeah, fight.
0: and there was de- and if he did, it was definitely not a 30-27. No, Brunson won at least one of the rounds, uh, and then no. finally you picked Durandome. Yes, I did, and I picked home because you picked Durandome. <laughs> so that so by default, so that's looking like you won again. Danny. I told you I, the Iron Lady was going to go home with gold, and she did.
1: Well, I was going to pick not, her, it, not in then, the best way, but God. she did it.
0: You, I was going to pick her. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> and you picked it, so I felt like a I had damper to at least, on least... Well, I didn't want to pick, you know, every single fight the same way. Prediction. <laughs> Whatever. So you, you won UFC 208, and, and you're you continuing your winning streak again. Uh, but we are going to be talking about uh, Bellator <laughs> Don't sound so
1: upset about it, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be
0: picking Bellator 172 and UFC Fight Night. Lewis versus Brown. First up is Bellator 172. That one's happening tomorrow. And San Jose, California, it's the return of the Emperor Fedor Fedor Amelianenko. Why is it saying Fedor? Fedor. Fedor Amelianenko, the last emperor. I know how to say his name. Um... Boy, did I say it wrong. Anyways, uh Bellator one seventy two. The Russian like, Superman. Yeah, it looks like a good card. Uh the main card you have uh UFC veteran Josh Koscheck making his return to uh MMA. You also have Czech Congo, he's he's fighting again in Bellator. Uh those two guys, uh we're not gonna talk about those fights, but those guys, you know, UFC Josh, veterans Josh and, and, and recognizable a,
1: Josh is the former alumni of Tough One, which is which is uh, And then what, he also was yeah, which on is, tough
0: with G S P too, which is they coached against each other. Produced
1: champions like Forrest Griffin. Mm-hmm. And then he coached against GSP, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Josh Koschek, coming back at 41 years old, he's got some pretty good wrestling. Uh, he's got some decent striking, some decent kickboxing. But, I mean, he he did look old in his last couple fights, and he yeah. hasn't fought in a very long time.
0: The last fight was March 21st, 2015, and lost to Eric Silva by guillotine Choke. Yeah, right and in the was the first a, round. Uh, that was a five-fight losing streak. But look at the guys that he lost to, Ellenberg, uh, they're all top Woodley, guys lawler and Hendricks. so i mean he didn't he wasn't losing to scrubs uh maybe the worst loss was to Silva but still we'll we'll see what happens with Koscheck and, and check Congo. again a recognizable name but let's talk about the two fights that we are going to be talking about co main event we got Josh Thompson uh guy who knocked out uh, Nate Diaz D-Diaz, former ufc vet and also Patrikie Fury for for forre forre fr- fr- Patrikie Ferre the Fajere. people thank the you. people ferre i use you for my uh my more hispanic uh pronunciations <laughs> brazilian actually ba- brazilian well hispanic brazilian he's at least the the latin right. latin flair uh but yeah we have a uh, pitbull uh pip- small pitbull versus uh Josh Thompson what are you, what are young pitbull
1: one? not small pitbull <laughs> well
0: smaller size wise
1: well this is one, this at... is 155 pitbull yeah, 145, is the only... 145 pitbull patricio pitbull I is thought the patricio older. was 170 no 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 he's 145 well he's the former featherweight champion well what
0: do i know <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> Anyways, what are your thoughts on Thompson versus uh, Ferry?
1: This is going to be an interesting fight. Uh, Josh Thompson's training out of AKA, which produces, which, which has produced a lot of champions like Luke Rockhold and Cain Velasquez and Daniel Cormier, and the list goes on and on. Josh Koscheck is a former mm-hmm. uh, teammate of AKA, so is John Fitch. Um, so it was BJ Penn. There's a lot of rich history with AKA Josh Thompson has been a part of that rich history. He's got very good striking. He switches stances very well. He's very light on his feet. He likes to use the full range of the cage. He's got very good wrestling as well. He's got some very underrated wrestling, Mm -hmm. but he's got good kickboxing as well. So he, he's got a very intriguing style. That's the, um... He's got good kicks from the outside. You saw that when he fought Nate Diaz, is what I was trying to say. He threw he threw a lot of leg kicks, and then he went upstairs with that question mark kick and knocked out Nate Diaz. But uh, Patrick Fajere, this pit bull, this Patrique Fajere, um got good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's got some good chokes, some decent submissions, some good wrestling himself. But like I said, he's been at the top uh, uh, some heavy hands, excuse me. But like we said he's, before, he's been at the top of the mountain before he's fought for the Bellator Championship a couple of times. And he's never he's never made it over the hump, nope. so to speak. Um, against someone like Josh Thompson, it's gonna be tough. This is gonna be a tough outing for Patrick Fajede pitbull, so that's why I'm taking Josh Thompson. I'm taking the punk, I'm taking the veteran. He's been around for a very long time. Uh he's got some pretty good striking on the outside, and he he's got good boxing and close as well. He's also got some good wrestling. So I-, I think Josh Thompson's
0: gonna win this fight. Last time Josh Thompson fought on a Fedor card, he won against Pat Healy back yeah. in twenty ten. So hey so his fortune's in his favor. Those are the
1: strike force days. And
0: another thing I want to say, I mean, you know, Josh Thompson was was fantastic in the UFC, a guy that was pretty much really underrated. I mean he had great power. And the one thing is is that good speed too. Yeah, and, and looking at Ferreira and, and his former you know former losses, he's never been able to get a, a win over a big name. Lost to Michael Chandler, lost to Marcin Held, lost to Eddie Alvarez, lost to Michael Chandler again. I mean, he's never that been able time to...
1: was just it was much more devastating than before.
0: Yeah, and he's ne- and he's never gotten that big name win. I mean, really, I think the the biggest name that I see on on his on his wins is Kurt Pellegrino, the former UFC fighter. But mm-hmm. that was really when he was old and, and you know kind of passed his, his, his way age. out. I mean, that was his last fight uh, for Pellegrino. So I mean, I, I look at this and I, I think that this is either going to be Ferreira's coming out party. Mm-hmm. Or this is going to be just Josh Thompson rolling again. And I think it's going to be more Josh Thompson rolling again. I don't see Fajere as that next level fighter where Josh Thompson's been there before, beating right. guys like Diaz and a former champion himself in Strike Force. I think Thompson's going to be able to get the win here. Uh, I just I just see too much against Fajere. But let's now move on to the heavyweight fight in this card because we got a lot of fights to talk about. Yeah, we do. Some guy named Fedor. Her Fedor Emelianenko, the last emperor. I mean, we've talked about, we've pretty much talked about. The three greatest of all time. We t- mentioned Anderson Silva mm-hmm. with his controversy win. We've mentioned GSP possibly signing with the UFC. Now we got Fedor. We got so, Fedor Milenko.
1: Fedor's taking on Mat- Mitch The former longtime Pride heavyweight Grand Prix champion. He's fought guys like Miracle Crow Cop, Noguera. He's fought everybody. He's, he's fought be- everybody.
0: He's pretty much beaten everybody as well. I pretty mean, really, really, he's been struggling of late, but he's also just really old. I mean Fedor is it was the guy. I mean he went on a what was his win streak? Fedor has retired and his he came streak was, out of retirement. Yeah, his win streak was like twenty five straight though, and then Fabricio Verdum uh beat that. But you know, recently, he's been kind of slowing down, Fedor. I mean, he's on a five-fight win streak, but the biggest win is arguably against Fabio, Fabio Maldonado. Fabio Maldonado,
1: and that was a sloppy fight. And that was, that was, a, that was a slugfest. A controversial it was fight as it well. It was a slugfest. It was exciting to watch. It, was, it, it, it technically wasn't
0: aesthetically there. Yeah. They I were mean, just throwing bombs. People also thought that Maldonado, Maldonado won, that fight. won that fight. But, you know, since it was in Russia, that was the big thing. So... Can Fedor kind of return or Matt Mitchirone has been looking at greatness Bellator, you know, days. Yes, can he, has. he get a big name win like a win against Fedor?
1: You know, Fedor Melianenko Ankle in his heyday had some very good wrestling. It comes from that Sambo background. Mm-hmm. He had very good boxing because he beat Miracle Krokop striking. He's very confident. He's got a heavy he's got a uh not he doesn't have a, a glass jaw, excuse me. He's got mm-hmm. a very hard jaw. He like he's he's very, he could take a punch. Yeah, he could take a punch. Thank you. <laughs> Tripping over my words here. But um, I do it all the time. Matt Mitrione. I mean Matt Mitrione's got some very good uh footwork for a big heavyweight. Mm. He's got some very good boxing. Former He comes from the Southpaw stance. Former NFL player as well. Yeah. For for and that's where that that's where that footwork comes from. Mm-hmm. is that is that football background. Um he's very strong. Um he likes to utilize the cage as well to his uh, to his advantage. To get that wrestling off and slow down Fedor Emelianenko, I think that's what he's going to want to do against someone like Fedor. But I think Fedor's going to stay at the, stay in the center of the cage and try and kind of bait Matt Mitrione to the center so that he could throw bombs. I'm not saying that Fedor will win because I do believe that Matt Mitrion's going to use his younger years <laughs> to try and beat up Fedor Melianenko. I'm picking Matt Mitrione in this fight, but... I'm not looking past
0: Fedor Melnikov because weirder things have happened in the sport. I'm not looking past Fedor because he's still Fedor, but also if I I just I don't see that I don't really see him winning. I just, he just hasn't looked the same. He hasn't looked no. like the killer that he was. I think Mitrione is. More motivated, Fader really doesn't have anything to fight for. What no. Fader going to become? Fader really doesn't care about the Bellator heavyweight championship. He's just he's just trying to get as much money or the out UFC. Of, yeah, he's just trying to get as much money out of MMA as possible, and that's really helping him with sponsorships. And that's really why he went to Bellator. Uh, but the thing with this is that I just think that. Mitrione is more motivated. He's got more on the line. Where Fedor, he's already the greatest of all the time. He's pretty much already accomplished He has nothing every... left to prove exactly, in his career. Exactly. And I I don't I think Mitrione still has something to prove. That's why I'm picking Mitrione. Let's now move on to UFC Fight Night Lewis versus uh Brown. Travis what do you Brown. always
1: tell me? I always knew you were smart.
0: Always too smart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna be talking about four f- fights on this card. We'll be talking about one on the prelims: Carlos Barza versus Random Marcos. We're also talking about Elias Theodoro versus Cesar Fajera on the main card. Then the co-main event: Johnny Hendricks versus Hector Lombard. Johnny Hendricks middleweight debut, and then also obviously the main event: Derek first versus Travis Brown. Let's start off in the women's strawweight division, though. Carlos Barza, uh, the former former strawweight champion, the first, the first ever, mm-hmm. and then J check Beat Took the that breaks, away. Beat the brakes <laughs> yeah. off of her, uh, taking on Ryan Marcos. Bopped. Who- Who's someone that's pretty much underrated in the strawweight division, Ronda Marcos. So, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this f- fight, Asparza versus Marcos? Uh, Carlos Asparza is coming off of a win. R-
1: Ronda Marcos' record, when I look at a UFC record, it's kind of win, loss, win, loss, mm-hmm. win, loss. But she's got some good submissions. She's got some very underrated Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Carlos sparza has got that wrestling background, though. I think Carlos Sparza's is going to utilize uh, her wrestling to get back to uh, to get back to the winning column to get to get closer to a title shot. I think Carlos Asparza is going to utilize uh, that motivation to get back to the belt. I think. I'm picking Carlos Barza in this fight. Hopefully, yeah. she won't get caught from the bottom by Ronda Marcos because Ronda Marcos has got some very underrated Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She's got very good grappling, but I think Carlos Barza is uh, going to win.
0: Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, I don't know how Carl if Carlos Barza will really get back to the title, just the way that that you know, just really the way that Joanna fight went. She I got can, destroyed. She, she got, had
1: no answer for the striking. She had no answer standing up. She had no answer because she couldn't take her down. She got
0: obliterated. I yeah, mean, it, it, there's no other way to. She put had that no passer. answer for the
1: wrestling. The the Brazilian mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu. The grappling aspect. She yeah, just, but she
0: was it. She was able to at least get a win back at UFC 197 against Juliana Lima. Yeah, against Juliana Lima. So I think that Carlos Barza, with that, with that kind of motivation, with that kind of. Uh, at least win streak behind her. At least she was able to get that first fight behind her. I think that she will be able to get this win because I I, exactly like you said, you know, her wrestling's better. Uh, Ronda Marcos is kind of off and on. You know, she's kind of someone inconsistent. Who's, she's a very inconsistent fighter. And, and the, the the two first fights she had on tough, that's why everyone's like, oh, she's an underrated fighter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, really, since she's been in the UFC, it's been win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. She's missed weight one time. So I just think that Carla Esparza's more motivated. She's been in championship fights before. She's got the mentality of a a true champion
1: when you give a young fighter so much hype especially someone who's very young in their mma career someone like uriah hall and you put so much hype on them and they 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 kind of crash under the pressure like the pressure is a little bit too much for them i think the same thing's happening with ronda marcos right here but i think mm-hmm. she just needs to relax and go out there and do her thing against carla Sparza.
0: Yeah, and I think I, I, that's I think, when she
1: would look, I think that's, win or lose, I think that's when she'll look her best.
0: I think this is definitely going to maybe clarify the strawweight division a little bit more, at least, you know, see who's a true contender, who's not a true contender, if Aspars is done. Just or, like Mortal
1: Kombat, yeah. you're just going to start building up the ladder here. We're just going to start building up contenders now, because Joanna's basically cleared this division. And
0: really the only person... And she's undefeated. Yeah, and really the only person left that you really have for Joanna to fight is Jessica Andrade, which I think they're actually making that fight, uh, which would be a fun fight, and that's I'm, I'm super excited awesome. for that one. That's
1: awesome. That's going to be
0: awesome. But let's move on to the middleweight division. We have Elias Theodoro taking out Cesar Ferreira. Cesar Ferreira who pretty much looks like uh Vitor in his uh in his younger days. Uh Cesar Mutanchi Ferreira, the mutant. Yeah, but he can't fight like uh Vitor and uh, Elias <laughs> Theodoro, who's coming off a win against Sam Elvi back in June who do you like in this fight um i really like Elias
1: Theodoro, even though um i mean Cesar Ferreira is you know the 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 protégé of Vitor Belfort and then you look at you look at his uh pedigree of martial arts he's a master in capoeira and he's a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt mm-hmm. uh he trains um he trains at Black Zillions. um he's got he's developing a striking with uh Henry Hooft. Mm-hmm. Who's who's uh we talk about Dutch kickboxing? One of your so favorites. He's, yeah, he's a devastating uh, Dutch kickboxing practitioner. Um, I do like Elias Theodoro, though. I think he's going to utilize uh, his range. I think he's going to stay on the outside and utilize his kicks. I think it's I th- for Elias Theodoro, I think he's going to fight. I think he's going to fight this fight very economically, very smart. He's going to utilize his space and his angles, and then he's going to crash in when he needs to crash in against uh, Cesar Vejeda.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing. Cesar
1: Vera has got. He's got Cesar has got very good kicks himself. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's got very, very heavy hands. He stands at that southpaw stance.
0: But he's also very hesitant. You yes, see him he fight, is. he's not a guy that's going for a finish. So he's that's, got to
1: utilize those combinations.
0: That's the one thing. If, if Theodora can stop the takedowns and stop Fejera's takedowns, I think that's going to be the way that Theodora can win. And I think that he will win just because I see Cesar fight and he just seems very gun-shy. He seems very slow to start. He just seems a, a guy that's hesitant to go in because he's afraid to get knocked out. Well, when you've been knocked out
1: by Sam Alvey and Jorge Masvidal two different weight classes, it kind of speaks volumes of what changes need to be made in your game. So Yeah,
0: and, and that's the thing. I just feel like Theodoro, he's a guy that beat Sam Alvey he's a guy that re- he has not won
1: knocking won. Cesar out because yeah. that was step up in competition for both for on both occasions mm-hmm.
0: yeah but I mean Theodore just getting a win over Sam Alvey has only lost to Tiago Santos I just feel like Theodora has more f- going for him I think he has more just uh, from a fighting standpoint and mentally I just think that Theodora is going to be able to get the win uh let's move on now to the co-main event Johnny Hendricks making his middleweight debut taking hopefully Hector hopefully he Lombard. can make
1: the weight Hopefully he'll make the weight.
0: I was hearing things yesterday that he's currently at 197, but he's very happy. He thinks he can make the cut. We'll see what happens. It's Johnny Hendricks. I don't know.
1: Nobody knows. And that's the beautiful Johnny thing about he- this sport. Johnny Hendricks Nobody doesn't know.
0: No, I, I don't know if this is beautiful. I think it's kind of pathetic. Johnny Hendricks doesn't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Johnny Hendricks can be 190 Remember, pounds tomorrow. Remember, the optimist. The optimist. We have no idea. <laughs> Johnny Hendricks also might win this fight and become a new contender at middleweight. We have no idea, but Hendricks versus Hector Lombard. Hey, last time someone beat Hector Lombard, they uh, they fought for the title. The next fight in uh, Dan Henderson, <laughs> uh, but Johnny Hendricks versus Hector Lombard. Who do you like in this fight? Oh man, I really, I re-
1: both guys need to win. I really do like Johnny Hendricks. Hector Lombard is the. A uh, former silver medalist in judo, um, he's the former Be- Bellator middleweight champion. He was when he came into the UFC, everyone was afraid to fight him. You know he got, he, but but when he came into the UFC, it was kind of like a rocky start because he 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 fought Tim Bosch. it was kind of a boring fight, and then he fought Yushin Okami and he almost knocked him out, and then he went down in welter to welterweight and then he knocked out Huzumal Palharas, and then he had kind of you know a win lose win lose thing going at 170 and now he's back at 185 and he got knocked out by Dan Henderson. Johnny Hendrix hasn't one of Johnny Hendrix has not won or made weight in, in 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 quite a while. It's pathetic. It's 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 I mean who do you who do
0: you go with Last here? time he made weight was uh against Wonderboy and got knocked out in the yes. first round. Knocked out.
1: I mean I really do like I I like both guys. I really I I really do feel like I feel like this is a wash. I'm going to pick a fighter anyways, but I feel like both guys need to win. Both
0: guys need a win. Both guys really do need a win. Who's going to get the win Oh, man. That's why we're here. That's why we don't get paid. (laughs) I'm picking Johnny Hendricks.
1: I'm picking Johnny Hendricks because he's been at that top level before. He's the former UFC welterweight champion. He's got some pretty good footwork for a southpaw, and uh, he's got some very good wrestling. He's got that heavy left hand. Hopefully, he'll utilize some combinations. Mm-hmm. He was very good with leg kicks. He added leg kicks to his repertoire. He was going on the outside with lead leg kicks and then going on in the inside with with it with, from the southpaw stance with the inside leg kick mm-hmm. with his power leg. He he was adding stuff to his arsenal. So what happened? What happened? Well, the- so I'm giving I'm giving Johnny Hendricks the the nod just because he's got a little bit more tools in his in his uh, in his toolbox. Other than Hector Lombard, who's uh, who's heavy handed, barely throws any kicks, looks for takedowns and looks to smother you, beat you up, and use his size to overwhelm you or knock you out. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Johnny Hendricks has a little bit more to offer yeah lombardi i
0: think i think Hendricks is a better fighter i think that's what you're getting at i mean yes. he's proven that he's a better fighter but the one thing that is big is motivation and what is johnny's motivation is it to keep his job i mean is he motivated to lose this weight we haven't really seen a change in you know emotion or just change in motivation even after he's missed weight two times I don't know if the motivation's there for Johnny Hendricks. Also, I don't think the TRT or steroids is there for Johnny Hendricks anymore. That's why I'm going with Hector Lombard, because he's more of a trustworthy fighter. You say the same thing
1: about Hector Lombard. I mean, he got officially popped and was gone for a very long time, and then came back against Neil Magny, and look what happened. Yeah, He looked really good in the first round, and then for the rest of the fight, Neil Magny just
0: took over yeah and he got popped after the josh berkman fight too and then he fought neil magny i just think that i, I it's more of you know and by looking I'll at take, him you know you, you take, can't
1: tell yeah it's not like he doesn't I look like
0: he's gotten mountains of muscle on his <laughs> i don't i i don't know this is a weird fight this is a weird fight it can go either way like you said uh I this just, is a tough fight to call. this is a high stakes fight for both guys at how a about, high level. How about this? I'll pick Hector Lombard, and I'll pick Johnny Hendricks to miss weight at middleweight, even though he's got 10 pounds. <laughs> I just have a feeling it's going to happen. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't really care. Be optimistic. The only way I will care is if Johnny Hendricks wins this, makes weight, and looks good. Because then we have a new f- contender at middleweight and make that just more crazy. Now you can do Potentially. Because then you could do Johnny Hendricks versus GSP at middleweight. True. For some reason. I don't know why. You have the rematch that no one really cares about. Right. Johnny Hendricks probably wouldn't even care about it. Um, anyways, let's move on to the heavyweight division. Last fight we're calling. The main event. We've pretty much gone every single pick the same way. But Derek Lewis versus Travis Brown. Edmund Tarverian is not going to be in Travis Brown's corner. So, How about that? Thank God. How about God. that?
1: Maybe we'll see some improvement in Travis Brown's corner. No, I'm just kidding. I'm we just might. kidding. No,
0: honestly, we might. <laughs> Could you imagine? He Maybe- left.
1: He did leave Glendale fight team. He's training somewhere else. So we're gonna see where Travis Brown's head is at. He even we're said that he wants his...
0: to use more of his athleticism. Yeah, we're gonna see. We're, we're gonna appara- see that. Apparently, athleticism helps you fight. Of course. Weirdly enough, when you're more athletic, that actually helps you win fights. When Travis who would we'll, have known? We'll, who would have thunk it? Let's talk about this fight. Derek Lewis is an up and coming heavyweight.
1: He only has he he his only losses to Matt Mitrione and to Sean Jordan. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's cleaned up his game. He's uh, he's more aggressive. He's a swinging and banging type yes, of guy. he's a very good wrestler. A self-proclaimed swinging got, and banging. <laughs> he's got heavy hands. He's got some very underrated jiu-jitsu, too, that we very rarely see, that we very rarely ever see, because he's just constantly swinging and knocking guys out. Mm-hmm. When Travis, and then he's the up-and-coming uh, dark horse, uh, along with uh N- N- Nganyu? N- Nganu, yes. Francis Nganyu. Francis Nganu. Mm-hmm. Um, So these two guys are coming up. They're the dark horses at heavyweight, but... Travis Brown at one point in time was in that position Mm -hmm. because Travis Brown was undefeated until he met Bigfoot Silva and he fought to a draw with Czech Congo and he knocked out Alistair Overeem like there was just so much potential for Travis Brown and then he went to the Glendale fight team he left Greg Jackson's camp and all that dwindled away. Travis Brown has a background in basketball and you saw a lot of footwork being utilized for such a big guy, mm-hmm. such a big heavyweight, he's using angles, he's using kicks. That that Superman punch with Stefan Struve, the, uh, that was devastating. The
0: Alistair fight, yeah. where he's just throwing front kicks.
1: Yeah, and, it, and he he went from kickboxing to boxing, and literally it it it, it was it was, it hindered his game. It did. It hindered his it hindered his career. So hopefully Travis Brown comes back in this fight, but because of momentum, I'm giving Derek Lewis. Not here, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that Derek Lewis has been much more consistent than travis brown i'm sure he's much more confident than travis brown travis brown's got travis brown's got to step up his game here, and i've been saying that every time we every time Sean Anderson and myself podcast and travis we, we we talk about Travis Brown, we always talk about Travis Brown needs to make improvements, but i he really does do he needs to
0: make improvements I think the sign of getting rid of edmund or I'll put getting rid of Edmund in quotes, or just I don't know if it's official. If he actually has not training just, the Glendale Fight but, Team, but but he is, also is never set, benefit him. But he, yeah, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing in it. having Edmund not in his corner. I think that this is a winnable fight for Travis Brown. The thing about it, Derek, is. The, it very much is the thing about Derek Lewis. Is, I mean, really, the only big thing, the big the big win that I remember and that I was like, "Wow, Derek Lewis looks great." Is that Roy Nelson fight? But other than that, I haven't said like, "Wow, Derek Lewis looks fantastic," even in his last fight against Abdurakhimov. Uh, doing my best on that one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was a four-round boring fight. I mean, that was a brutal fight to watch. So, I just think that Travis Brown. I mean, we've seen his ability to be great, and we've right. seen his ability to perform at a high level, beating right. guys like Alistair and beating guys like Josh Barnett, beating guys like uh, Gabriel and Gonzalez, where Gabriel and Gonzalez was closer to his prime, uh, beating Shaw, beating Mitrione, Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, Gonzaga. Uh, I mean, I just I feel like there's much more there for Travis Brown. And, and I really, I mean, the worst loss, I I mean, I just think that there's much more there. I mean, it, we haven't been able to see it like in, in, from the Kane fight. The Orlovsky fight was just a one-punch knockout. The fir, Verdum fight the was just a blowout. The Orlovsky fight was in. a
1: one-round war, and he went through five rounds of hell with Fabricio Verdum. Mm-hmm. Dana White even argues that Fabricio could have finished him, but he decided not to.
0: Yeah, and, and that was a weird fight in general. Then Fabricio kicks Edmund. He got beat up
1: by Kane. Really bad. Yeah, came through really, that really spinning bad. heel kick, which Double jab, awesome. spinning three, th- uh, wheel kick. Yeah, spinning wheel kick, excuse me. Double I, jab, spinning
0: wheel kick. I just think there's more for Travis Brown to do, and I think that we should be able to see that. So I, I think that that's going to be the reason why Travis Brown wins this fight. So we are done picking our fights. We're both picking Josh Thompson and Bellator 172. We're both picking uh, Match Mitrione to beat Fedor. Uh, we're both picking Carlos Barza. We're both picking Elias Theodoro. Uh, we are split on Hendricks and Lombard. You're picking Hendricks? Yes, I'm Uh, picking Hendricks. I'm picking Lombard. You're picking Derek Lewis? Yes, I am. And I'm picking Travis Brown. So we do have some split. You know, started off a little uh, too chummy, but now we uh, we actually have some uh, division. Hopefully I can get back on the winning track. Some competition. Now we're back. I need it badly. Uh, (laughs) It should be a fun week. Hopefully it's good fight cards. UFC 208 was kind of a bummer.
1: Speaking of fun weeks, I thought it'd be interesting to close on this. Mm -hmm.
0: What do you think about Conor and Floyd?
1: Not going to happen. Not going to happen?
0: No, it's not going to happen. Because... (laughs) Floyd doesn't have a reason to fight him except for money, and I don't think You could it's... say
1: the same thing for both guys. I mean... No, Connor has a
0: reason to fight him. If Connor beats Floyd Mayweather as the first guy to ever beat him as an MMA fighter and beats him in a boxing ring, Connor is going to become the biggest superstar in fighting. I mean, probably since Mike Tyson. I think that's fair enough to say. I think that he would be the biggest superstar mixed martial arts has ever seen and wouldn't even be close. I just think... If Connor goes in and beats arguably one of the best boxers of all time and beats him at his own game? Are you serious? Connor will never li- let us live that down. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I just think there's too much against it, and I don't want it to happen anyways. So that's my, my thoughts on it. <laughs> you think it's going to happen? Um, weirder things have happened,
1: but we'll see. Yeah, like Dan, very, Dan I, Henderson I, getting a title I'm, I'm, shot against Michael Bisping and almost beating <laughs> him. I'm not so optimistic about this, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think Connor should stick to MMA, and Floyd should stick to retirement. Why? Because well, I think- Connor. He he wakes up and sits down and makes money doing that. I, I cannot. I...
0: Connor and Floyd are in the, the the business of making money, and that's right. all that matters to them. We are not in the business of making money. We make no money. But thank you anyways <laughs> for listening to this podcast. But we love we to do this anyways. So much. Yeah, we do. We do. And and we love doing it with, with each other, and we love talking to you guys, and we love having you listening. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Sean Anderson, joined by Danny Gutierrez as always, and we will see you next time. Hey, you stole my line. <laughs>